Welcome, teacher friend. I'm Lori. And I'm Melissa. We are two literacy educators in Baltimore. We want the best for all kids, and we know you do too. Our district recently adopted a new literacy curriculum, which meant a lot of change for everyone. Lori and I can't wait to keep learning about literacy with you today. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Literacy Podcast. Melissa and Lori love literacy. We are really excited for today's guest. I know I say that every time, but I am like really, really excited. (laughs) Really excited. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We have Dr. Eric Green from Jackson Public Schools, and he is just making big change waves there. So Dr. Green, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here with you. Um, go easy on me now. I haven't done many. <laughs> oh, we are we are gentle. Don't worry. <laughs> we just like I, to have fun. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm a lot of fun if I do say so. <laughs> I love it. I'm all for the fun. <laughs> oh, well, welcome. We um, we are really excited because you arrived in Jackson Public Schools in October of 2018. Is that right? Yes. Cool. So you came on the scene to Jackson, and we would love to know um, where where was Jackson in their journey, and where are they now? Like, take us on the wild ride you've been on the past couple of years with Jackson. Oh, wow! So, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's been a it's it's crazy. It feels like ages that I've been here, and it's only been <laughs> a couple of years. Right. So, so uh, our district was um, experiencing a near takeover by the state. Um, and that's after some years of declining enrollment, uh, declining investment, I would say, um, on several fronts in the district. Um, and, um, and, and just, you know, for, for various reasons, and I'll, I'll try not to kind of judge as I was not here, various reasons we had just kind of lost sight of some of the really key uh, aspects of how we get to great in terms of educating children. And so there are issues around curriculum, issues around professional development, issues around leadership and accountability, um, data uh, and the use of data, conversations uh, as, as professionals as to how we do our work and how we can do our work better tomorrow than what we did today, all of that. And it had been fairly well chronicled through the Mississippi Department of Education, Council of Great City Schools, did a kind of an audit. Uh, There was a commission that was uh, created uh, between the the mayor and the governor, um, Kellogg Foundation, our board. Uh, They had come together to create this Better Together Commission that it also did an audit of the district just to make sure that we fully understood uh, what was at play what the issues were and and opportunities to to build up. And so I came in um, as those uh, um, uh, reports were were published and shared and uh, hit the ground running with the with the team, with the community, with with our board um, and just trying to develop a strategic plan that addressed at its core how we can provide excellent education to our scholars and families. Um, and lots of listening and learning, lots of engagement, uh, but that just kind of, um, kind of got us started there. Yeah, an audit will really uh, jolt you into action, right? <laughs> yeah, we, we did the same thing in Baltimore. We, get, we totally get it. <laughs> and, and, and it needed to happen, yeah, right? Um, for sure. One of the things that I appreciated coming in was that <laughs> that work had been done largely. And so my work was not 
uh, initially about uh, convincing folks that we had a problem, mm-hmm. but uh, that had been largely established and folks were ready to talk about how we fix it. So that was really great for me because people were open. Yeah. Yep. So tell us a little bit about curriculum, especially in literacy. What was going on and what, yeah. what did the audit say? <laughs> so, it probably sounded like ours in Baltimore. Probably. <laughs> we, um, you know, uh, we had had various partners over time uh, working with us, uh, vendors and, and folks. But when I joined Jackson Public Schools, we actually had an arm, had an office of I believe well-meaning, very capable uh, educators, but who were they were spending their time developing curriculum. And I don't get me wrong; I see the value in developing curriculum and and really having lesson studies and that sort of thing. I see value in that. Um, I also understand that if you're in a serious transformation state and situation where many big aspects of your operation as a district need to be uh, reconsidered and flipped on its head and, and, and rethought, reimagined, then um, you don't need to be spending your time and energy and resources focused on creating curriculum. Mm-hmm. There's so many wonderful, as you know, there's so many wonderful materials out there that that is not um, where the best money is spent if, again, you're in a transformation situation. And so yeah. we, we were doing that. We had team members who were writing curriculum and they were turning it out, you know, in some cases a week or so before it was supposed to be uh, enacted uh, uh, in the classrooms. So not a ton of time for uh, socializing the materials and helping folks to polish it and make it even better. The ways that that you would do with any curriculum that you Mm -hmm. bring in, right? You should be doing that. We didn't really have that opportunity. So it's created by folks who who weren't necessarily specializing in curriculum writing. Um, And then there was not the time to socialize and develop and polish and refine it. So it was just not the best setup for success. Um, so I, I needed to unwind that. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, initially that was, I think, a, a, a bitter pill for folks because, you know, you, 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 have, you take pride in the work that you're doing. Yeah. Um, and that, that's what folks knew at the time. I honestly don't know how long they had been doing that, but that's what they knew at the time and believed it was the right uh, approach. And so building some consensus around the need to outsource, to bring in some really high quality materials and then use that as the basis to do the lesson studies and 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 build uh, a more relevant curriculum and make it your own and have it to address the data in your classroom and just all those things that smart and capable teachers do. Like, let's start from a place of a solid curriculum. So yeah. that was what we did. You know, one of the things I think about when you say, um, I have two thoughts. So the <laughs> curriculum writer seems to be like a, a niche kind of job. There are people who are become experts in that, but mm-hmm. I have yet to meet anyone who went to school and emerged from school as this excellent mm-hmm. curriculum writer. Like mm-hmm. I, 
I don't even, I should look into it. Is that a degree? I don't know. Like, can you, can you go to school and become an excellent, I don't know. But I certainly didn't get those classes in my undergrad. And I'm going to bet that, I mean, both of you are shaking your head. I don't think any of us, I have yet to speak with anyone who had curriculum writing courses who were, who were like explicitly taught. You get the <laughs> overview. Right. How to to do a unit plan, how to do a lesson plan. Yes. But not comprehensive. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And how you actually write it. Right. You you understand kind of the components and the importance and how they fit together and, and, and all those things. But it's a, it's to your point, it's, it's a much different thing. So much more. Yeah. (laughs) I'm looking, you know, when I look at the um, seventh grade curriculum, which I'm on the great minds team, I'm, I'm on the NSYNC uh, seventh grade team. And every time I, I open a lesson, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so beautifully woven. You can see like the braid of the texts and the content and the tasks all building. I could never have done that as a teacher. And so I, in my, in my little world as a teacher, I could never have done that. I'll fully admit that. And then I also, I, I love the way that you said, like in a transformation situation, but I want to like also underscore I do feel as though um, every school, if not most schools and districts in our country are in a transformation situation, whether or not they are coded, quote, as transformation, because yeah. until we have 95 to 98% of proficient readers, I will, I will throw down that stake and say that every single place is a transformation situation. Lori, I received that. <laughs> I absolutely received that. You're, you're, you, are, you are right. You are so, so right. Yeah. I mean, I want to leave space for, because I, I, as I said earlier, I do believe there's some value in that. There's some yeah. learning yes. for, for us as educators, right? It forces you to understand the braiding. Forces yes. to understand the phasing and the intentionality of the text and the the pacing and the this and the that it, it, and 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 constantly going back and forth to the standards to understand what where are we headed with this lesson with these mm-hmm. lessons with this check for understanding with this you know all of these pieces where are we headed with this yeah. That's funny. I was actually, I was one of those well-meaning teachers who wrote curriculum in Baltimore <laughs> before we had something. Um, but, but what you're saying makes a lot of sense, right? Like I, I knew what was missing from that too. And so when I saw Wit and Wisdom, I was able to say like, you know, this, this curriculum's doing what we weren't able to do in the curriculum we were writing because we didn't have the time and we didn't have the, the people and, right. um, or the expertise. Right. So, so I think it, but it taught me a lot being one of those writers yeah. <laughs> to know what, what, what needs to be in a curriculum. Yeah. It does. Yeah, I, just to, I mean, I know one of the things that, that y'all are really, you know, keen on is kind of the professionalism of the profession. And, and so as we think about um, how we, how we don't, how we do not l- allow ourselves to fall into this, Hey, there's a curriculum at the store. Let me go and buy it off the shelf and take it home and just, you know, that's it is what it needs to be. But to think critically about and create structures around the study and the and the critique and the um, uh, early on in my career, I did some work in looking for gaps between the curricular materials and the and the standards. You know, where where does the standard speak and the curriculum is silent? And so, okay, what do we get with? What is that gap and what are we going to do about it? Is this material or is this just like, oh, okay, it's not such a big deal because it's picked up here or it's just not such a big deal. 
But if it is a big deal, what do we do about it? Anyway, how do we create opportunities, not just happenstance, but with intentionality to provide for that level of critique and uh, reflection and review and refinement of the curriculum materials? Ensuring mm-hmm. yep. that you know I'm not a passive actor in this educational enterprise, but I too am a part of what how we ensure that children get awesome, amazing, rigorous, meaningful instruction, starting from the materials. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the things that you had mentioned is that, like, I really think what you're talking about is what excellence looks like, um, and how. I'm curious how you kind of level set what that looks like. Yeah. um, I I don't have the answer. This is how (laughs) I think about it though. Um, uh, I've been blessed to work now in one, two, three, four, five, six, six, um, you know, decent sized school districts, urban, all urban school districts. Um, And uh, along the way, and as well as some nonprofits. And so along the way, I've had access to um, supervisors and peers who are just super, super thoughtful people. Mm-hmm. And, and through those relationships and experiences with those individuals, um, um, and through the, um, the constant reflective practice, which I didn't always understand it to be, but the constant reflective practice and talking about kind of where we're headed and and what approach might we take, talking about where we've been and what we should have learned from, could have learned (laughs) from those experiences, right? Using all of that to keep polishing our, our thinking about where we go next. And even not just the path that we're taking, but the destination that we are working towards. So excellence isn't this like place that's a mile away and you get there and you're done. But (laughs) okay, so we're approaching what we thought was excellence. And now as we continue to reflect upon it, hmm, actually excellence is another mile out. Right. And so you continue to refine and reset and level up in how we think about excellence, not just because like you, you just want to frustrate folks and keep moving the goalposts, but because you see that it can be even better. Mm-hmm. You just didn't know it earlier. Now, you know better. And so you want to do better. That should be that's our motto. I feel like we say that in every podcast. I know. That should be our podcast name. <laughs> no better, do better. No better, do better. <laughs> Dr. Green, can you tell us a bit about, um, you know, the adoption process of a new curriculum? How did you go about that? How did teachers receive it? Sure. How did sure. it play out? Thinking about those goalposts continuing to move, I bet they're still moving. Right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> sure. absolutely. Because, you know, and, and now the, but, but the conversation now is, um, it, it, it's starting from what we can all agree are solid materials. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So so imagine the the difference in the the rigor and the specificity and the and the, you know, what just the level of those discussions. So in the uh, adoption process, we um, team members stood up a pretty robust, pretty fairly large group of teachers, classroom teachers, interventionists, Mm -hmm. um, coaches, math and and literacy coaches, uh, school leaders and some of our central office um, professional development folks um, to to uh, sit on the committee, the adoption committee, and 
Um, we reviewed studies, <laughs> right? So why start from scratch? Others have mm-hmm. gone through this. We've got friends in Baltimore. Save we've your got, time, yeah. You know, we've got <laughs> friends in Tulsa, friends in, you know, all over the place. We don't have to start from scratch. There are studies out there um, uh, that have, have been uh, conducted about the, the different curricular materials or, or models in that. And so using those uh, started to whittle down the list, the, the, the uh, universe of, <laughs> of materials out there. Um, and then from there, started inviting folks in just to talk to us about their their uh, materials. We, um, in our process, also were we we identified pretty clearly what we needed to be true, right? You know, uh, reflecting on who we are as an organization, we've got forty plus percent of our teachers who are within their first few years of teaching, and so that means something. Right. You got to mm-hmm. you got to be really, really clear about the uh, intended audience or the, the users yeah. and and what their needs might be based on who they are and how they arrive in the classroom. Right. And so mm-hmm. many of our, our teachers are, again, you know, first few years of, of teaching um, vast majority um uh, their second career, alter- alternatively certified. So all of that, right? So we wanted materials that helped to provide for perhaps some of the, the prep that our teachers may not have had from, you know, undergrad or, or prep programs. Um, um, we, and we also, just in thinking about who our scholars are, wanted to make sure that we had really, really rich um, text involved in there again just the 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 criteria that we had set yep. for the materials so using that reviewed several or, or uh invited folks in to share their uh materials with us and then just started to to do the hard work of questioning um and and pouring through the materials ourselves mm-hmm. right um hands-on sitting with the materials uh, the, there are several pieces here that was one of the things that i recall um came up in the review there's <laughs> several pieces here teachers <laughs> overwhelmed right yep. and then getting some feedback on that and um again the richness of text and and the 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 um, the components that allowed you to differentiate and and uh, address the the differences and learning and needs and whatnot within your classroom. Just looking for all of those sorts of things, um, and and that's uh, in the end how um, our team uh, determined that Great Minds was was that was where we wanted to go. Um, it was uh, I, what I heard from teachers, well, from the team in general, was they felt uh, respected. Um, They felt like they had an opportunity to make some really, really important decisions. And I agree, Mm -hmm. really important decisions for our district. Um, Maybe not in these words, but it was clear that they saw that they were helping to uh, put us on a pathway that would support our success for years. And typically, you're not thinking. I mean, obviously, you you don't expect that you're going to do this again every year, but, <laughs> you're, not, but you're not thinking about wow. Not. This is going to impact children's lives, teachers' mm-hmm. professional work, others' work for years to come. Because even if we decide in seven years that we don't want to use this again, well, those children are still here in our system mm-hmm. and the folks who receive them seven years later, right, 
they are um, educating children who had seven years of experience in this using these materials. Right. And so how can we set them up for success as they try to soar with those scholars? And how have we as professionals gotten sharper, smarter, yeah. more capable of doing the things that we need to do as educators in the years that we've used the materials? So all of that was, I mean, there was a lot riding on this, <laughs> as you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. Of, I mean, I, your team just sounds really insightful and it sounds like you really walked with them through this work. Um, and I think that probably helped. I mean, I'm just guessing. It might have helped in implementation because you really knew your stuff. I mean, you're talking like you know the stuff, so I can tell. <laughs> but I want to be clear. Like, we all got smarter about it. Mm-hmm. That, that was embedded in our process. This wasn't about, like, who's, who's the expert in choosing curriculum? Mm-hmm. Well, like, who's going to be using this? <laughs> right. Come to this table. <laughs> who's going to be evaluating the folks, observing and giving feedback to the folks who will be using this? You come to the table. Who's going to be developing the next um, uh, class of teachers coming in here? Come to the table, mm-hmm. right? And then as a, as a district leader who you know, at some point you're going to have to defend um, and, and talk about the successes that we have or don't have, come to the table. And so all of us just getting smarter about the, the materials and, and the possibilities. Um, and again, as I said, because we were making this major shift from the way we had operated before of developing our own, there was a bit of, kind of how are we narrating this shift so that people who thought, like, oh, we could just do this on our own. We don't have to spend that money. No, this is why we're doing this. Look at what we found. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Melissa, you looked like you wanted to ask a question, which is why <laughs> I, I paused. I always ask so many questions. No, I was like, Lori's about to go say ahead. something. Let me go ahead. Um, no, I was thinking about, uh, Lori and I talk about this all the time that, you know, the first time that literally Lori and I next to each other, were looking at wit and wisdom. We started to pick apart the lessons like, oh, I would do this differently. And I would do this differently. And we, we had a moment together where we realized like, no, you can't do things differently because then the next lesson, like you can't do the next lesson because you just messed it up with changing everything in the lesson before. Um, and that was an aha moment for us of like, do it, do it as it's designed at least to start. So you know where it's going. And my question then is like, did you face that? Like, cause we saw that as like our teacher instinct was to like, yeah. we, we need, we don't do this our way. Yeah. Yeah. Did you find that with the first year of implementation? Not just the first year. I mean, uh, <laughs> and, and honestly, um, so I don't expect it to completely go away. One, because again, you, you have a bit of turnover yeah. in urban centers, you have a bit of turnover. So, so there's that there are new folks on the team and, and they're, um, they, there's a possibility, at least if they're not coming from another district that use the, these materials, they will be experiencing them anew and will have some questions and wonderings and their own ideas in that Two. You hire professionals, you hire thinking professionals, and the, and the expectation should be that we're all thinking critically about how to make this experience for our scholars more impactful, more effective. Mm-hmm. So there's that. So there have to be some questions, some wonderings. <clears throat> and then um, I would just say it, we, want, we want folks who own the curriculum. If I feel like my job is simply to pick this up and read from it and go through the motions, then there's not a a ton of ownership that I have as an educator with the curriculum. 
that ownership comes with some scrutiny. That ownership comes with some critical thinking about kind of what I know about my children, what the data is telling me, what I understand of kind of the phasing and the spiraling and just all of that of the curriculum and um, of what I bring to the table as a thinking, as a professional in this, in this work. And so, you know, we've got to be careful not to stamp down so, so hard those uh, questions and, and desires to pivot and whatnot. At the same time, like, we are a system, a school system. And um, one of the things that we saw, and I didn't mention this earlier, but one of the challenges that we saw is that we were all over the place with what um, our children experienced in their learning in our schools. Third grade, from this school to this school to this yeah. school to, to this school, could be radically different. Um, and we had to check that. Yeah. Because at some point, you're going to have a, a, a JPS stamp on your diploma. And I need to ensure that every child has at least this base level of skill and understanding. Well, one of the ways to do that is to ensure that we've got common curriculum and, and you know, that we're developing and, and building from there. So, um, you know, it's, it's both and. D don't yeah. stop asking the questions, but also remember that you work within a system. If you want to do your own thing, then perhaps you start your own school. <laughs> Yeah, I think it, it begs the question of how do we strike the balance of strong materials in the hands mm -hmm. of great teachers? And exactly. like you said, teachers felt respected from the curriculum, but also at the same time, innately, because we've been taught since we went to teacher school right. that creativity is valued. And so how do we kind of pull back on that, Try some, trust the process, try something new, but at the same time, know where and how to to scaffold where and how to support our students, you know, not changing the rigor or the text or the task. Um, it's a fine line and it's, it's a really delicate balance. And it's one that I think is, is so important for leaders like you and for leaders in your buildings to really be able to support teachers with so that they can access the content and deliver it really respectfully to students just as they feel respected. Well, and that's where I was going next. And so it, it, it requires the constant kind of um, calibration with our school leaders and, and leaders throughout the mm -hmm. district that, like, one, don't try to stamp out teachers' questions and, and, you know, their desire to think critically about the materials. Create the space for folks to name any um, consternation or questions or issues that they have, because if there's truly something that can be better, then don't we want that for all third graders, for all fifth graders in our in our district? Because if you, so if you, Lori, at school X have come up with this thing that you think could really improve um, this lesson or, or teaching this skill, then share that. And we as a system need to be thinking about, okay, so how do we make sure that everybody who comes to this lesson or this skill in the curriculum, that they understand what Lori understands and we can do this more, you know, more equitably and, and more consistently throughout the district. That's the thing that I've been pressing on. If it's that important for you to pivot from the curriculum, then I need you to share that. Be, pre be prepared to defend that and be prepared to help us to make that common, the common pivot, right, in our district uh, so that everyone benefits from it. Yeah, 
And that equi- I, I heard you say equitable. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on how you're helping to surface the concept of equity. I'm sure it's undergirded in everything that you're doing. It's the undergird of this entire conversation. But just to say it out loud and, and give you the opportunity to share a little bit about how high quality materials are equity and how that high quality, exactly what you're saying, like professional learning opportunities are equitable and how that's uh, impacting students. Not all children start at the same uh, starting line. Not all teachers start at the same starting lines. Not all parents start at the same starting line. And so when we think about how our our scholars show up in classrooms, um, I may have thousands and thousands more words in my vocabulary than you do. And so how do we support teachers in creating for young people opportunities to accelerate their development of vocabulary or their development of oral language even? How do we accelerate that? What materials can we put in the hands of our teachers that help them in doing this really crazy work that is really at the core of teaching? The differentiation work that everybody has to do and everybody struggles with, right? and, and again, to the not all teachers are um, starting at the same starting line. So I've been teaching perhaps for some number of years, and this is your first year of teaching. Well, one, even knowing that there will be those who show up with thousands more scholars who show yeah. up with thousands more words in their vocabulary. Um, but is the, the the other piece is, and so what do you do about that? Mm-hmm. And so because my children happen to luck up on Eric Green is their teacher, right? Um, and, and your children happen to be assigned to you. Like That's no fault of their own. Again, how do we as a system think about the kinds of things that your children might need that perhaps mine don't because of the materials, because of the experience of the teacher, perhaps even because of the background of their families that they're coming from? How do we think about and, and have line of sight to the needs that your children have um, and start to to support those. Um, so it's understanding who the scholars are, understanding who we are and our resources and abilities and gaps in either of those resources or abilities um, and thinking critically about how we distribute resources, time, supports, whatever they might be throughout the district, not necessarily everybody getting everything but again, understanding not everyone's starting at the same starting line. And so given that, how do we give, you know, Lori's children a bit of a running start through these materials or through these added programs or what have you? Um, it's the it's a really tough dance of, you know, we've got X amount of hours in a day. Yeah. We've got, you know, X amount of money in the bank or you know, people, resources, uh, organizational partners, et cetera, resources, um, needs are all over the place. How do we understand the needs and the opportunities and start to address those um, as they, as the needs present themselves? I like that idea of, I mean, I think we've talked about, we talk about equity a lot, but we've never presented it um, in this way to, to those listening, like how do we systematize equity? And I, you know, I mean, I know that high quality instructional materials are one baseline, very baseline way to do that. Um, but I like the way that you're, 
you're thinking about the big scope and as you should in, you know, in the role <laughs> that you hold. Um, but that systematic approach to equity is, is really, really important. I think not just, not just now, but now in this era of we, we have the materials for the, for one of the very first times we have the materials and we've got the professional learning to accompany them. So how can we systematize that so that everyone understands, you know, what's going on? And that takes a lot of, a lot of shifting and a lot of change, but I like the way that you presented that idea. And, and, you know, again, to the earlier piece on, um, you know, we are professionals, our teachers, all, you know, we're professional educators. And so, um, how do you provide this very basic, high quality resource to folks and provide some level of flexibility that allows um, the professional teacher to, to understand deeply the needs of the children in that classroom and pivot and, and, sh- and, and adjust in smart ways um, to meet for those meet those needs. And while not taking away from the, the quality and the rigor um, that's embedded in the, the materials. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's it right there. <laughs> but that's really hard. It's hard it's, for it's, to find that balance. It's, it's fairly easy, maybe not even so easy to say, but it's fairly easy <laughs> to say, but you're absolutely right. It, it, I mean, that's, but that's at the core of our work. Yep. And we act like it's not, right? That's at the core of the work. Mm-hmm. Because if, if it weren't such a dynamic um, uh, enterprise, then, you know, you could snatch anyone out of school or, or what have you, give them materials, have them follow the materials to a T, and we'd have success on the other end in the same way that we have success when we're building that Nissan. <laughs> right. Right. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work like that. This is, a, I say quite often in our district, education is wholly social. And, and it's understanding who the individuals within this social construct, who they are, what the needs are, and how we can best organize ourselves, position ourselves to support them and meet those, need, those needs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that that's why you sometimes get the pushback from teachers, right? Because they think that's what you want them to do is just pick it up and read, read it. And well, anyone can do that. (laughs) You know, that's not what I went to school for. Um, But I'm thinking about Lori, our very first podcast about fidelity to curriculum. (laughs) And this is exactly what we talked about, right? Is like finding that balance, right? Where you don't take away from what, you know, we, we talked about the importance of the curriculum writers that put all this effort into writing this great curriculum so that you don't take that away, but that you do find that sweet spot of, of meeting the needs of your students. And it's a muscle you build though, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's, it's a muscle you build as a teacher, as a school leader, curriculum lead within the district coach, whatever your role is. It's a muscle you build to, to take uh, some materials that are, you know, are, we agree are of high quality to, to think about them critically, to keep going back to the standards, to keep going back to the data that we have. And, and that's the, you know, anecdotal, the quantitative, qualitative, all of that data that we have on our children and doing some mapping, some really thoughtful, complex mapping of all of that to ensure that at the, at the end of this lesson, unit, whatever it is, at the end of this, 
that these scholars show up with uh, great successes. And it's because we've thought critically about the thing. Um, um, yeah, the, I haven't been in a district where we weren't talking about loose and tight um, fidelity to the group. <laughs> I, I haven't been in a place where that was not even using those words or, or not, where that yeah. was not a thing yep. at issue. I like, so in our pre-call, you, um, and I wrote this down because I thought it was really important. Um, you said dispel with disbelief. Yeah. Yeah. Chill out. <laughs> <laughs> Calm down, right? This could be the thing, right? <laughs> with, with all the things that you absolutely must do, let's not assume that we have to write curriculum from scratch. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's dispel with disbelief. Let's leave space for the for the possibility that these materials could actually rock your world yeah, and allow you to be that creative and amazing teacher that you truly want to be without having to go back at every turn to make sure that this is addressing the standard. Right. Cause they're, they're, they're addressed. They're embedded within. You can, you can rest assured. Yeah. Uh, we heard, um, uh, Lieben speak, uh, David Lieben speak in Baltimore. He, yeah. he did a, he did a little kickoff for us and he said he, this was, I think this was year one, I believe it feels a long time ago. Um, but I guess it was now he said, don't even, he told all the teachers, don't even worry about the standards. You can just look, believe that they're in the lessons. So you don't need to go searching for the standards. They're there. Trust that they're there. And I loved that um, because, I mean, you you do. You pick up the lessons and you're like, oh, yeah, okay. And I love it even more when I'm going through it or when I was going through it. And I was like, oh, wow, this they this is really harder than I would have taught this standard. They This is really way more challenging than I would have ever interpreted this standard. But it's because it's the, it's the grade level standard. I, you know, like I, I yeah. really had to look deeply at myself and think, Right. Maybe I was teaching right. a little bit lower. I was, I was making things easier than they needed to be. But I noticed, and I'm, I know I'm doing this now with my, my little one, my third grader, when she is asked to meet that standard, she can most of the time do it with a couple of little scaffolds, like a sentence starter or mm-hmm. something, but I'm not changing, you know, the rigor of the stuff. And um, I just think it's so important that we can rest assured that those standards are there. And that when he said that, I was like laughed so hard. I was like, yes, they're you're right. They're there. We don't need to go on a search for them. <laughs> and, and look, I um, I mean, I appreciate the 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 intent behind that comment. But there's a part of me that wants to say, nah, go look. Because if you don't satisfy this curiosity or this disbelief, yeah, right, it's going to be a barrier. So go look. Check, your box. Check, Check that box off for yourself. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Check the receipts. It's there, right? Okay. Can we move on now? Yeah. Right? So again, you know, there, there are those who would be trusting and they're theirs who, who, you know, for whatever reason, want to know that it's in the sauce. Okay. Check the ingredients. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then do it, right? Try and it. And do it. Try to, try to make the recipe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. Well, I'm... I, I feel like, Melissa, do you have another question? No, I was just going to ask if there was anything else you wanted to share with us yeah. about the your curriculum journey and where yeah. you guys are now. Um, I said, I kind of said this earlier, but uh, bears restating. We're, I wouldn't say we are there. We're in year, is this only year two? 
think this is really only year two of our uh, implementation. And so, um, and, and, you know, how awful that it's during these times. Right. Um, but I will tell you that, um, one, very quickly, folks started to uh, notice and understand and appreciate um, uh, what's all built into the curriculum, right? The various components and the resources that are there. Um, so, so that's huge. I think um, pretty quickly we started getting some feedback from our scholars about um, just their appreciation of the texts <laughs> and the titles and things. So, you know, obviously, anytime young people are saying good things about <laughs> reading, like, hey, that's a win. Um, you know why? Because they're 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 probably reading things that are sparking their curiosity for the first time ever in school. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Exciting. I'll, I'll say though, um, you know, it, we're we're in year two, and so it's still it can still be messy, and and it can still be, you know, kind of tough as folks are managing and trying to, you know, trust the pacing. We're sure, right? Mm-hmm. They're not getting it. They're not getting it. I need to spend another couple of weeks on no, right? No. Um, uh, so so we're still working through that sort of thing, but as we continue to see. The data that shows that our scholars are improving overall, like at some point we got to say, okay, right, things are generally headed in the right direction Mm -hmm. Um, and attribute that to, for sure, the materials that we've chosen, but also the work that we're putting into smart um, uh, execution um, of the, of the, the curriculum. So, um, I'm feeling good about where we are. I'm feeling good about the productive struggle that <laughs> educators um, are having uh, with the text. I'm feeling good about the fact that our scholars are reading like, um, I won't say never before, but like they haven't in a very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I can only imagine where we'll be in another year um, as we continue to to make the lessons our own and and build and build and build. I would love to see if you're in classrooms after this, um, you know, whenever you're in classrooms again and you have that incredible experience, you'll have to snap um, a couple anonymous pictures of student work samples and send them over to us because we'll be so curious to see. I bet their writing is just going to explode. They're going to have so much to say and write about. Um, I am loving, I mean, we, we, we're elevating our focus on writing um, heading into next year, but I'm already loving that I'm seeing much more writing um, than I did in year one of mm-hmm. my so first year here. So um, Good. Yeah, it's pretty dope. Uh, <laughs> we're so excited for you all. We are. I know. <laughs> you know, it's funny because I feel like nobody on the podcast has ever come on and been like, you know what? Cool. Check. We're done our journey. Like every single person <laughs> is so humble and you are so humble. And so, <laughs> Like we've still got, you know, spaces to go and it's real. And it's it's real. real. I, I can lie. <laughs> I can lie, but my people would bust me out. Like, girl, come on. You know we'd better. Get, <laughs> we'd get notes on the podcast. Um, Dr. Green. <laughs> yeah. I'm here to provide the rebuttal. <laughs> well, we would love to give you an opportunity to share some advice with our listeners. Is there any uh, piece of advice that you feel like would be particularly important for either teachers? or administrators or even parents listening or, or even uh, superintendents such as yourself? Yeah. Um, 
uh, I have seen, I've experienced lots of efforts to raise literacy, a literacy week where, or over the summer where we've got these um, reading logs and mm. competitions and things and uh, uh, accelerated reader where scholars are, are reading all of these texts and there's a log and whatnot. Um, and I appreciate that. Um, we've been thinking a lot about how we as adults model what we what we expect of our scholars and so um wasn't my idea i lifted this from two or three other superintendents that i've worked for um, but we've had several book studies as a central office lead uh leadership team as um school leader uh the school leader uh, uh cohort mm-hmm. um and and we've been very transparent with teachers, community members, board, our scholars. Um, one year, I even shared the book, and we were reading Whistling Vivaldi. We were reading that as a leadership team, and I shared that with my scholar advisory committee. Um, there were about 10 of them, and they wanted the book as well. So <laughs> when I tell you just how um, awesome it's been to share texts, with adults who we sometimes for ourselves and others sometimes kind of projecting on us this, this, oh, well, you've arrived. You don't really need to keep studying and getting smarter and whatnot. BS, we, we all need to keep getting smarter um, and let's model for, for our school district communities um, the importance of that and, and model kind of what that could look like. And so, um, just encouragement that um, whether we're parents or teachers or school, whatever our roles are, that um, that we are intentionally modeling. So it's one thing to do the thing that's a good thing for others to do, but also but to do the thing, do it out loud and reflect with others about the thing that we're doing so that it's truly a modeling mm-hmm. of this behavior. Um, I, that's an encouragement that I have. And again, I lifted this from some of my awesome peers and in, in other districts and, and friends in other places. Um, uh, really intentional modeling of engagement with text. Um, and not just texts, not just posts, but deep engagement with texts. Mm-hmm. I, I think that will, um, if we do that, um, one, it demystifies kind of how you get smarter, how you become a better reader or writer, demystifies it. Um, and it, it provides some level of street cred with, uh, with the scholars who weren't around 30 years ago when we read Black Boy or Native Son or whatever it was, Othello. They weren't around when you read it, so they don't know that you read it. That's true. <laughs> Do it again. <laughs> right? So, um, yeah. you know, that's that's kind of where my head is these days, just really thinking critically about how to be the model for what we say we want to see in our young people. I love it. It's great advice. <laughs> yeah. And I, you know, you could even do a podcast study. Maybe they'll want to listen to your podcast and, uh, 
<laughs> Learn a little bit. I, I feel so honored. I feel like this, the same. I feel like every time I interview someone, like this has just been one of the, and Melissa, I know you feel the same way. Just one of the, the greatest joys of my entire career to date is has been doing this podcast because we get to t- talk uninterrupted with literacy heroes like yourself. So thank you for all that you're doing for wow. Jackson Public School yeah. students and teachers and everyone there. Thank you, Literacy Hero. I know that's right. I'm going to write that. (laughs) Put it on your resume. Yeah. (laughs) I'm actually going to rename my uh, Zoom screenshot. Yes. Literacy Hero. (laughs) With the little cape. (laughs) Do it up. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Green. It's been a wonderful time talking with you and we can't wait for this podcast to go live for everybody to hear it. And, and you as well. Thank you all so much for one, for just for the interest in kind of what we're doing here in Jackson, um, for the support and encouragement. Uh, it goes a long way. Just just so you know, it goes a long way. Thank you. Because it's, it's tough. Um, but I'm working with some awesome people and on behalf of some amazing young people. So we're going to do it. Good. Well, we will continue Excellent. to cheer, cheer for you from Baltimore. So, Yay. for sure. <laughs> Go, Jackson. Thank you. Have Thank a wonderful you. day. Same to you. Be well. Bye. 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 Bye.